Welcome back to the Get Stark Podcast. Stoked to have my father in the studio today. Traveled down yesterday with my mother and dog Cooper. Spent the night in Iowa and they just got to Lawrence this morning. So it's Valentine's Day. We are in the studio at the University of Kansas. Pops, how you feeling? Feeling good today. It was a nice drive. Good. Good to hear. So uh, first topic I want to hit on is is your childhood and kind of give the listeners a feel for for where you came from. And more than anything, I want to use this podcast to just kind of document and tell your story selfishly, just so so I have it. Um, but born and raised in the Fort Atkinson, Wisconsin, youngest of three siblings, right? right. Margie and Jeannie. Uh, what, was, what was that like? Well, I think when my parents finally had a son, they reached perfection and quit. <laughs> <laughs> Heck yeah. So your dad, Ruben, he worked for the school system. And then grandma, Doris, she was a stay-at-home mom. Well, she worked as a nurse's aide at the hospital. Okay. And actually, before that, she uh, kind of worked as a cook or a cook's assistant with the hot lunch program at the school. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. You probably told me that at one point. but And that makes sense because she was a, she was a heck of a cook. Yep. She was a good cook, and she was a caregiver. She was... Always trying to do for other people. Definitely a very caring person. Uh, I actually called her Cookie Grandma. She earned that name. She and did. The most famous chocolate chip cookies anywhere around. No doubt. <laughs> I remember that tradition on Sundays. Uh, we would always go to church, and then I would look forward to you and Mom dropping me off at Cookie Grandma's because she would she'd make some cookies, and I would hang out and just eat the cookies. I didn't really help in in any way, but it was just kind of nice to to hang around with her. And Papa had passed away when I was probably two. Yep. And so he, I never got to know him much. And I know Cookie Grandma didn't have a lot of uh, people around. Her her social life wasn't, you know. No. Yeah. She was pretty much about staying home, taking care of the family. Yeah. She had actually helped to raise or cook and everything for her two brothers because both her parents died when she was younger. Mm. Um, wow. Yeah. So so your youth in, in Fort Atkinson, I feel like you had to kind of grow up quick. We, you know, it was a small town. We did a lot of sports stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, work, you had to kind of pay your own way. My dad was, you know, a working class soul didn't make a lot of money, and if we wanted something, we bought our own. So, you know, paper routes and wash dishes at a bakery and, you know, whatever you could find to make some money to help out. And like I say, when you wanted a new pair of tennis or a new basketball or whatever, most of the time you bought your own. Mm-hmm. I feel like those characteristics, that work ethic that was instilled upon you when you were a kid, while you probably didn't like it at the time, that's kind of what made you who you are and resulted in you being a, a really strong worker throughout your life and setting yourself up for success. Yeah, I think my dad's favorite thing was, if you're going to do a job, do it right. And if you can't do it right, get out of the way and let somebody else do it. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of the way I was brought up. If you were going to do it, don't do it halfway. Yeah, absolutely. So did you say it was a paper out your first job? 
Yep. My dad actually had the uh, handled the agency for the Wisconsin State Journal, and uh, he actually had me out there hustling papers before I was five years old. Oh my gosh! I uh, Some picked sh- picked afternoon kindergarten so I could get out of going along with my mom on the Capital Times route. <laughs> <laughs> There's probably some child labor laws against that in 2020. <laughs> probably is now, yeah, not then. <laughs> not then. That's wild. Um, so you, you did mention sports a little bit. I remember you talked a lot about uh, playing Little League Baseball, but you would have to kind of like bike yourself to your games and practices. You didn't necessarily always have the most support from. from well, and it was it was a smaller town. I mean, we were you know, ten to 12,000, so – wasn't any big deal. You rode your bike to the pool. You rode your bike to the Little League Park. You got together. We had in grade school, we played football against the other grade schools. The whole team would ride to the other side of town and play a different grade school. And then next week, one of the other schools would ride over and play in our playground. Yeah. So created our own league. That's pretty neat. Uh, and then, so in high school, you played football, and legend has it you're an all-time great kicker for the Fort Atkinson Blackhawk football program, if I'm not mistaken. Well, I place kicked for the team, and but when I was a senior, they wouldn't let me play because we won our first couple of games, you know, because of extra points and stuff. And so all of a sudden, I was like, well, we can't afford to have you hurt, <laughs> which I resented because I wanted to be out there playing. Heck yeah, <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't think a kicker would be hurt. But did they just not let you play in other positions? Well, they wouldn't, that... Yeah, I wanted to also play like defensive tackle. Oh, or yeah. They wouldn't yeah. allow that. So. They just needed you kicking. So, yeah, they just left me alone to be the kicker. <laughs> Looking back on it, I wish I would have gone all in on being a kicker. There's not much of a, I mean, outside of being a backup quarterback or a long snapper, that's about as safe of a position as you can have, and you can make big bucks. Well, yeah, and it just happened that I kicked, even in grade school, I was always the guy that kicked the ball or punted the ball. I was actually the quarterback in grade school because I could throw it as far as anybody else, but yeah. certainly wasn't built to be a quarterback. I was built to be a lineman. <laughs> yeah, you're a, much bigger than I am, that's for sure. Did you ever play basketball organized? Played basketball through my sophomore year. Okay. And then decided my body, again, wasn't built for basketball. Right, that makes at, sense. At uh, 5'10 or 5'11". You know, and I, I lived up to the thing that white men can't jump. So <laughs> it's a stereotype for a good, reason. Wasn't a good fit. <laughs> yeah, understandable. Uh, one of your best friends, though, Rick Larson, he was a heck of a basketball player and went on to play at Whitewater. Had a really illustrious career. Yeah, he actually, I think, lettered about ten times in high school. He was probably the fastest kid in our grade and best baseball player, best basketball player. I mean, he was a good athlete. Yeah, you know. Right so, on. And then after you graduated high school, you went to the University of Wisconsin-Whitewater? Went to Whitewater, and I was in my uh, junior year, and I got hurt. And I actually spent 30 days in the hospital and then was laid up for about nine months. So again, because we kind of paid our own way on stuff, I uh, had to work when I got done with that, so I never finished college. I just got a job and started paying my debts. Yeah, for... Um and then you, that injury resulted from you working in, like, moving furniture? We, like yeah, that. they were never really sure what even caused it. I had a infection, and my cartilage in the pelvis broke apart. My pelvis came apart, and they said I would have had to have had either a bowel leak or I would have um, had to have had, like, a surgery where something unclean had been, you know, happened to have the cartilage break down, but neither one 
was true. Was true. So they never did figure out what caused it. Bizarre. So I think that's kind of the common denominator. Is like as I go through your story and your life, you've had a lot of very significant injuries and just uh, events occur that have probably made you one of the most resilient and gritty people around. I never learned how to do anything halfway. That's probably part of the cause for my injuries, always pushing harder than I should have, trying to do things that I probably shouldn't have been doing or that as you got older, you should have known enough to back off a little bit. Mm -hmm. Being a little stubborn. Yep, there you go. (laughs) Yeah, well, more than a little. (laughs) So uh, what what were your intentions at Whitewater? I remember for some reason I thought you wanted to be like a teacher or professor, but I know you've mentioned like maybe history or chemistry. Um, I started started out in business because everybody that went to Whitewater took the big, business. That's what business they were known school. for. And the classes were so boring. I couldn't, after one year, I couldn't stand it. And I mm-hmm. talked to my advisor from high school and he said, go back and take what you liked in high school. So I was then a uh, biology major with a chemistry minor. That's right. And the scary thing about it was with only a bachelor's degree, you could pretty much either try to teach or get a job in a lab somewhere. So there wasn't a lot back then of other career options. Right. And I wasn't real excited about either one. I really thought I would have liked marine biology or you know something to do more with the animals uh, game warden kind of thing, something like that. But like I said, I never got there because I never finished my education. Mm-hmm. Well, that's one thing that I'm incredibly grateful for is you, you know, you helped me get through undergrad and grad school and you were always very supportive of pursuing education and going after something that you care about because you always said if, if you're working in an area that you're not passionate about, it's going to be tough. But if you go to work every day and you enjoy what you do, it's maybe not going to even feel like work. That's all, you know, it's kind of been my belief. I actually, when uh, I came off my injuries and stuff and had to go out and start making my own way, I started driving truck and ended up driving over the road. And back then I loved to travel. And, you know, they'd say, well, we got to load to Texas or we got to load to Wyoming or load to Florida Washington, D.C., wherever, and I was kind of like, huh, you're going to pay me to go there? And I would have rode along for free and just helped drive the truck just to see the places. No kidding. So, and as you got older and you had a family, that all wears off, and then it became, okay, it's a good job. I got a decent pension and decent insurance, so you just kept doing it. So yeah. don't have any regrets. You know, could have certainly found a easier way to make a living, but uh, it was a good life, and helped me to raise you and, you know, met my wife and took care of the family. So it all worked out. Yeah. I think the toughest part about it was, I mean, certainly the physical side, probably moving freight or working in, in, I don't remember what you always called it, but sometimes you would have, you wouldn't be on the road, but you'd be staying on the dock kind of. Yeah. It got to where, well, when I, my last 25 years, I worked for a company and I worked as a local pedal driver for a freight company, Consolidated Freightways. They're mm-hmm. out of business now, but worked as a local driver. And then after a while, you got so sick of even doing that that I just went back and stayed on the dock and broke freight and loaded other guys' trucks and went out on what they called heavy hauls, where you just took a full trailer to one place and mm-hmm. then came back and didn't have to go out with 20, 30 stops a day and deal with all the people. Yeah, that makes sense. And and the other 
side to it was a lot of mornings you'd be waking up at 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. and working these crazy hours. And I know when I was young, we probably didn't get as much contact together because you were hustling as much as you could to, like you said, provide for the family because it's not like we were wealthy. Um, and it's not like we didn't have food on the table either. But No, we weren't, we weren't poor, but we certainly weren't wealthy either. But we were, we were comfortable. We would have been just typical middle class. 100%. And, uh, you know, that was, like I said, I was satisfied with that. A lot of people, they want too many things. Yeah, I They agree. want the cabins and the boats and, uh, you know, motorcycles and the snowmobiles. And as long as we had food in our family and we're happy, that was all good. I think there's beauty to that because finding contentment seems to be more and more rare in our society. Like my generation is obsessed with all of these superficial things because they can put it on their social media and it, it looks good. It makes them feel good, but it's not what actually fulfills people and gives them meaning. So I'm thankful that a lot of that's trickled down to me. Like I try to practice minimalism to a certain extent. I could totally see myself building and living in, in a tiny home someday. But with that said, I also have ambitions and I want to achieve a lot too. So, Oh, and I'm not saying anything against anybody that's got their cabin up north or all the other stuff. That's If that's their goal, Heck yeah. go for it. Yeah. You know, it's nice. We got some friends right now that just built a beautiful place, you know, about 100 miles away from us. And, uh, it, I mean, the Amish built it, and it is a really nice place. But that just was never my goal. And if you're, But if you're in a position to do that and you enjoy it, certainly go for it. Heck, yeah. Totally agree with that. So I think it would be wrong if we recorded a podcast and didn't talk about our Wisconsin sports because that's one of the things we're more prideful of up north. So I figured we could kind of break down each each team a little bit, and uh, why wouldn't you start with the Green Bay Packers? Well, if we start with the Packers, I can go back to when I remembered Bart Starr and Paul Horning, Jimmy Taylor. Yes. You know, Nitschke. The classics. It was it was all the classics back then, and but I've uh, been blessed to be able to see Bart Starr and Brett Favre and Mister Rogers. So <laughs> it's been a good, you know, as as compared to the Chicago Bears. For all you guys that are listening out there, we had three quality quarterbacks that covered a lot of years. While you guys, I think, had if they remember right, the last thing I saw was about twenty three or twenty four quarterbacks. Yikes! And it was a uh, Eric. Kramer was he maybe their their best? Oh, I don't even know who their number. Two. I remember Eric Kramer number twelve. Rex Grossman took him to the Super Bowl, but he wasn't wasn't anything special. But we don't we yeah. don't need to talk about the McMahon. Chicago Bears. McMahon, McMahon was probably one of their better ones. You and know, I think but, he was a Packer first. And I actually no, he ended up with us later. Oh, okay. And I actually liked when uh, Ditka was coaching because Ditka made it fun to hate the Bears. <laughs> you know, I mean, I I respect the guy, I really do, and like I said, but it was fun to hate him when he was coaching. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, yeah, you have a lot of memories of the Packers, of course, and when you talk about Nitschke, the only memory I have of Nitschke is when I was younger, you guys took me to a golf tournament, and Nitschke was there with a big old stogie in his <laughs> mouth, and he was just kind of dapping up the fans and seemed like a really cool guy. Yep, I can remember that, too. We actually, I think at that same one, it got, the weather kind of got bad, and... uh Brett Favre was there, and his wife and daughters were there. And yeah. We actually got a chance to talk to all of them, and it was a, 
it's a more friendly atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Wisconsin sports, there's a lot of... It's a family. Yep, it's more of a family thing. For sure. So uh, this is probably a really tough question, and you can you can share multiple names if you'd like, but do you have an all-time favorite Green Bay Packer? Oh, I don't know if I'd ever, you know, because I mean, Bart Starr mm-hmm. was just such a classic. He really just is. Such, such a gentleman, such a wonderful guy. Um you know, it was fun watching Brett. Brett had his moments back in his early days. He so was fun. A little wild and chasing and mm-hmm. whatever, but he did good by us. And, you know, it's, but like I say, if I had to just name somebody from all the years that I would say would be the true epitome of a classic guy, it would probably have been Bart Starr. Love that. Um, I kind of thought you were going to say like Santana Dotson or throw some wild <laughs> card in there. <laughs> Uh, would you say that you're disappointed that the Packers only got one Super Bowl championship with Favre and, and Rodgers so far? I, I think we've uh, missed the boat a few times. Um, hoping that'll change. I don't know. Right now, just doesn't seem like the fires are like it should be. I thought this year that they had a good enough team and somehow... It was just the spark was missing. Mm-hmm. Can't even say what it was. Was looking forward to seeing uh, Kansas City play Green Bay. Yeah, but uh, that didn't happen. I know everybody wants to see that Rogers Mahomes Super Bowl. That so would have been a good one. Maybe next year. I will say that Lafleur came in and he did change the culture in the in his first season from where we were at with Mike McCarthy because you and I were both on the same boat. We we liked Mike McCarthy and and he did do a good job. He, he got us a Super Bowl championship, but he, he just kind of lost the team there at the end. I think as time went on, it got stale. He kind of seemed stuck in his ways. He didn't change. Um, I just think it was it was time for a change. A lot of a lot of us fans felt that way. Nothing against Mike McCarthy. Glad he's found a job. Hope he does okay at Dallas. Eight and eight. <laughs> uh, that'll be good enough. Yep, <laughs> for sure. I think that's something that – kind of sucks about the sports industry though is that when a a fan base kind of gets bored with you and then they start chirping online and then that gets a little louder you know someday if I'm ever working in a position where somebody might be calling for my head it'll I guess be a lot of karma for all these years of me calling for Mike McCarthy and and different different people there's a lot of people right now that are Calling for Greg Gard's head and I don't see that but uh no I don't either he's when you look at his record and you know what's all happened there. I don't see where anybody thinks he should go, but there's a there's a group of them that are trying to push him out. So mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. So we might as well jump to the Wisconsin Badgers. Um, you talk about how bad the Badgers used to be. Well, the Badgers, especially in football, back in the Morton era and stuff, were terrible. Not to say that the Packers, we you know, didn't mention there back in. Uh, like and it was like later seventies, whatever. They mm-hmm. they weren't. I fall asleep every halftime. Wake up when the game was over. You couldn't <laughs> even stay awake for the game. But uh, the Badgers now their basketball program. I know it's a different style of play. A lot of people don't like the kind of the control, the slow mm-hmm. down, the run the clock kind of play. But uh, they've had some good teams, and you look at some of the players they've had. They've had some really good players. So we had uh, Kaminsky. Player for the whole country. Yeah, he was a few years ago. So you know, um, they they got a good program. I think uh, Bo Ryan did a good job. Sure did. You know everything. 
has kind of come even even before that. They had turned turned the corner and were doing Dick good. Dick Bennett, yeah, really Dick turned Bennett it around. started the thing, mm-hmm. got the program rolling in the right direction. Uh, they're fun to watch. You know, their football team's been good for years. I mean, we're known as one of the best lines in the country, Hands always. Down. We put out linemen there that it's unbelievable, and we usually got good running backs. So yes, sir. We haven't ever really had a lot of the quarterbacks that some of the other teams get. If we'd ever, with uh, probably the exception of Russell Wilson stepping in for one year, yeah. But um, to have a you know three or four year type quarterback there, a quality quarterback, we haven't really had one. Some of you kids should be paying attention and. Yeah. Get your scholarship and get over there. Absolutely. Graham Mertz, he's a Kansas yep, kid, so yep. we're, we're hoping he pans out. We but that, got one now, and I know somebody wants him to come back to Kansas. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm kind of stuck in the middle. It's a tough situation for me, but uh, both my teams need quarterbacks. Um, yeah, that's, that's very true what you said. I mean, Wisconsin's got one of the most premier athletic departments in the entire nation, and it goes deeper than – just basketball and football. I mean, volleyball made the national championship this year. I was home and got to watch that with you and mom. They got swept by Stanford. Hockey, hockey women's and men's both. Yeah, cross country, track and field. Uh, Be awesome if they could get a baseball team. I know softball is pretty good. Uh, just pretty much everything they do, they do it really well. So yeah, Barry he's, Alvarez is he's a and our our athletes are also students. There's something to be said <laughs> for. You know, you see a lot of high grades, a lot of graduating yeah. senior athletes. So Absolutely. It's tough to get to be proud school, of. Yep, for yep. sure. A lot of athletes wouldn't even qualify to come there. So it's it's a state to be proud of. It's a good place to live. You're right. And so Camp Randall is uh, one of the classics of all of the college football venues. I'm wondering if you have any particular memories from from going to games there. I know for me, I remember the first time I went was with you to – uh, a game against Minnesota Golden Gophers and a game that we won the Axe back probably when I think I was maybe eight or nine. Uh, pretty wild atmosphere. Yeah, my early memories would have been my college years, even though I was going to Whitewater. And like a lot of the other college kids there, we were probably a little blurry sometimes by the end <laughs> of the game. But as we grew older and got a little smarter, yep. um, fun place to go for games. I'm a little disappointed in the students now, it takes so long to get the student section in there, and then after the jump around, they disappear. They tell me that the reason it's empty early in the game is just the arrangement they have for getting them into the stadium, that it's such a terrible setup that they can't get past you know, the check-in to get into their seats. But it's embarrassing when the game starts and the student section's half empty. Mm-hmm. I think it has a lot to do with the tailgate culture, too. Well, that's they're, what I've always said. They're they taking two-story beer bongs. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a different culture there. It really like, is. Like they said way back when, Playboy ranked all the schools for drinking, and right in the poll they said they wouldn't list Wisconsin because you couldn't put the pros in with the amateurs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the jump around, like you mentioned, is, uh, that's an experience everybody should have. I and mean, that's known across the country as one of the the cooler traditions in college yep. sports. That was something they didn't do back when I was in school. They did have, you know, still had leather balls and they, they'd gotten rid of the leather helmets by the time I was there, but mm-hmm. they didn't have the jump around. <laughs> <laughs> and you brought up coach guard. We actually just had a pretty cool experience back in December. We got to go to a shoot around 
and uh, meet Coach Guard and Andy North before they played Milwaukee. Yes, it was. It was uh, nice and uh, saw Potter play his first game. Micah Potter's first Micah game. Micah Potter's first game. That was nice. Got a tour of everything there. It was yeah. a nice uh Nice day, and co- like I said, Coach Guard's a wonderful guy. He really is. He's exactly who you want leading your program, high character, and treats people really well. Yep, we were impressed. For sure. So now we got to jump back to the Milwaukee Brewers. So uh, I know baseball is not your favorite sport to follow, but Mom's a very passionate baseball fan because of Grandpa uh, and how he always was all in. So I think you're you're – kind of by proxy you're watching a lot of games every season do you have an all-time favorite milwaukee brewer well see i gotta go back a little farther my all-time favorite milwaukee player would have been hank aaron oh so with the milwaukee braves but back when they had aaron and warren spawn the lefty uh, luber debt eddie matthews nice you know there was a lot of good players back then back in 57 world series Mm. you know i mean this was there were some good guys back then. Now, got to jump on the bandwagon. Yelich is as much fun as anybody. She she really is. You know, so it's it's fun to watch them now. Absolutely. So. And in the early 80s, you got Paul Molitor and Robin Yao. Yep, and some yep. That was some classic years there. Raleigh Fingers with the best mustache in the history of sports. There you go. <laughs> uh, so our Brewers lost the Osmani Grandal, Moustakis, Jimmy Nelson, Eric Thames, Travis Shaw but return one of the best players in baseball who you just mentioned, Christian Yelich. Do you think they've got a shot to make, make a run at the playoffs in 2020? You know, it's it's so diverse now. It's hard for me to follow all the teams, so some of the guys that they're picking up that they're saying, well, this guy's really going to help, I don't even know him, you know, because I can't keep up to all the teams out there and all the players. I know you do a better job of that than I do. Um, of course, as a homer, you always hope every year that they're going to put it together. Um, I think Suter's got a chance to come back and be a big help on the pitching staff. I mm-hmm. think our pitching staff has kind of been nothing against the pitchers just because of injuries and things that have happened. It's been our weakest link it the has. last few years. And uh, hopefully this year we can square it away and put on a good show for everybody. We went to spring training last year, and it was fun. It's a good group of guys. Yeah, I think baseball, almost more than anything else, is just a great social experience Experience with tailgating, and, and the games are pretty long, so you end up, you talk a lot, whereas basketball is shorter, and football, you maybe get a little more locked in, but uh, I'm with you. I hope they can keep it interesting, at least through August, September, because there's there's nothing quite like October baseball, and we've been lucky to have some of that in the past handful of years. Yep, if we would have had Yelich for the whole season last year, that would have helped too, had him healthy. Yeah, no you kidding. Know, had him be able to finish like he should have. But mm-hmm. we didn't, and like I said, and then at the end of the day, you got to remember, it's a game. Enjoy it. Yes. You know, there's too many people that take their sports teams way too seriously, and I know he Derek mentioned his grandpa <laughs> It could ruin not just a day, it could probably ruin at least a week for him when his team lost a game. <laughs> so it's hard to watch somebody take it that serious. But, you know, it's it's there for your entertainment. Just enjoy it. Yeah, that's very wise words right there. Um, yeah, and now that we're we're talking Milwaukee, let's, uh, let's talk about the Milwaukee Bucks. 
tell us how you really feel about the NBA, Dad. <laughs> I like college basketball. <laughs> I don't think the NBA calls traveling or falls or anything else the way they were meant to be called. I'm starting to see a little bit of that slide into the college game. And it, for me, it's disappointing because mm-hmm. I was more of a truest all those years. You know, a foul was a foul and traveling was traveling and carrying the ball was carrying the ball. Yeah. And, man, you watch the guys come down the court now, there's a lot of stuff that doesn't get called. Um, you watch the NBA All-Star game. I think defense is part of the game. Obviously not in the All-Star game. No, not until the fourth quarter. Yeah. It's, you know, I, I like the way the Bucks play now because they play defense. You know, I like the way they play. They play hard. They play defense. They've still got a decent offense. But um, defense is part of the game. And, you know, just run up and down the court and throw the ball at the hoop isn't my idea of a good game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Despite your disdain for the league, I will say you've warmed up to the Bucks over the past couple seasons, and I'll take credit for that. A lot of peer pressure between <laughs> my wife and my boy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, in 1969, the Bucks won a coin toss and drafted Luol Cinder number one. And then just a couple seasons later, they won the championship. Their third season as a franchise, they went 66 and 16. Kind of seems like we might finally be pushing towards that same level of play, and uh, maybe we finally get that second championship this season. Yep, it's been a long time. For so, sure. But we, yeah, we now have another really quality person out there leading the team and we got some good good support some good backups now absolutely you know, a lot of a lot of good deep team yep a lot of good play i like the way some of them play i like uh divincenzo yeah divincenzo from uh, villanova defense He's you know really hustle good. out there that's what pat I, Connaughton kind yep. of plays the same way um wesley matthews who's from madison right and then he played for marquette he's a he's a good player too so i see a lot of guys playing hard and hustling that's what you want to see. And Giannis is about as good of a face of a franchise as you could find. He's very, very high character. He cares about the community, uh, loves his home country. He, he's from Greece, his family. But his brothers, are they all came yeah. here. And cares and cares about his team and his teammates. Yeah, you know, he does. He's not, not all into himself. He's a team, team kind of guy, True. which is kind of a Wisconsin, for me, kind of a thing in Wisconsin. It's not... Nothing nothing against the Lakers or, you know, the Celtics or anybody else. But some of the players on some of the big teams are seem as much about themselves as anything. Yeah. And our point. guys seem like they're more about the team. Team-oriented, yeah. And speaking of Giannis, he's a father. He just uh, had a child this week. Yeah, we had to take a loss or two because of that, I think. <laughs> How dare <laughs> he skip a game. Missing on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man! Well, I'm glad you're at least kind of uh, on the Bucks train now. Do Do you remember that championship at all with Lou Alcindor? I do, and then I remember him leaving <laughs> pretty much right after yeah, to the Lakers. Long. And he became Kareem Abdul-Jabbar after right, that. And then financially, we couldn't compete. You know, that it's is. always been a thing in Wisconsin too. Is it's a small market. Mm-hmm. You look at you look at Green Bay, you look at the Milwaukee with the Brewers and the Bucks and that. It's hard to compete. You know, and even you look at Wisconsin and you try to compete for these kids coming out of high school when you're competing with, you know, Alabama and Florida and UCLA and some of these other schools, Ohio State and that. Mm-hmm. It just, we've always had a little trouble kind of snagging outside of, like I say, the linemen in Wisconsin football. They just, they come to us first. Yeah, they really do. 
uh, big beefy Wisconsinites. But a big factor is what you alluded to earlier is the academic side of things is it can kind of be tough to to get certain people in yep. when, if they don't have the academic qualifications. There would, yeah, there'd probably be a lot of guys that do good at other schools and nothing, nothing personal, not saying anything, but yeah, they wouldn't even, you know, meet the standards to come play at Wisconsin scholastically. Exactly. So. I mean, it would have been hard for me to get into that school coming out of high school. It's just, you got to be super sharp and have a heck of a resume coming out of high school. Um, so, Transitioning out of Wisconsin sports, tomorrow is a tomorrow's a pretty big day. Well, I think it's twenty four hours. At last I <laughs> last I heard twenty four hours, but also it is a uh, it's your birthday, just like every year. February fifteenth is your birthday, and you're going to be turning seventy. Yeah, well, that's a big number. That's a big number. <laughs> <laughs> seven seven decades of life and this is we're entering your eighth decade um 2020 so uh, wow what does that feel like kind of surprising that i even got here you know you don't think about it now i just told my wife on the way down i look back and geez it's been 52 years since i got out of high school that's kind of scary yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> where did it all go mm-hmm. but um it's been good there's been some ups and there's been some downs, but I've got a wonderful wife. I've got a great son here, um, a lot of good friends. You know, I've, I've had a good life, so yeah. can't complain. Do you do you feel as if the time goes by faster the older you get, or does it just kind of always go by fast? No, I think it goes faster, and everybody always says that. I've heard that for years, but as we get older, all of us that are up here, we all agree. Mm-hmm. It's going even faster now than it was before. It just It's almost a blur sometimes how fast a year can go by. Yeah. I mean, I definitely feel that with, I mean, I'm 28, which when you say 70 and 28, that's a big difference. But still, it uh, doesn't feel like that long ago that I was living with you and mom. And whether I was in middle school or high school, you know, hanging out with Mitch and the boys, causing trouble just doesn't feel like that was over a decade ago. Yeah, I think we were just talking about that because you got your uh, 10th year class reunion coming this, up. This June. Yeah. Yeah. So, and the scary thing is I can think back and I can probably remember my 10th or I can remember stuff I did in high school. Even junior high, you remember stuff and it's like, wow, that was 50, 60 years ago. Yeah. You know, but sometimes I can't remember what happened yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Funny how the long-term memory seems to work pretty well, but that short-term memory is a struggle. It gets to be that way. I got a nice uh, KU sweatshirt on right now that we were trying to remember when Derek gave it to me. Yeah. And even Derek can't remember. (laughs) (laughs) That's not surprising. So one thing that I want to talk about, and I I don't know necessarily how deep we want to get on it, um, but so in November, I believe it was, I got a call from you, and you told me that you had cancer. Um, so that's kind of been a tough experience for us for the past few months. And, I mean, toughest for you. You're the one going through it. So can you kind of talk about that and what it's what it's been like? Well, I was having trouble breathing, and I thought I was having a heart issue. Um, turns out I've got something called multiple myeloma, which um, the biggest thing for me was that my red blood cell count was so low that I didn't have enough red blood cells to carry oxygen to my heart, 
thus why I thought I was having heart issues. Um, they've, they've improved a lot. I've been doing um, some infusion chemo and chemo oral stuff for four months now. And uh, actually, in a couple weeks, I'll be doing a stem cell transplant. So and hopefully that will help to get me back on the road to normal. So other than, you know, I don't feel really any different now outside of a little dizziness once in a while mm-hmm. or trouble with the breathing. But um, and nothing you can do about it. It wasn't anything that I, you know, I did smoke when I was younger, but it didn't come from that or it wasn't something that I did wrong. It's just something you get. As life goes on, I've heard of quite a few people that have dealt with it, so... Yeah, and we thought that it might have been leukemia earlier on, so thankfully that's not the case. Yeah, that was their early. The first day I was in the hospital, they came back, and I thought they were going to say I needed a stint, and they said, well, we think you got leukemia. Well, you know, that partner floored me, and then the next day they came in and said, well, we eliminated that. You've got multiple myeloma, which I'd never heard of. and uh, But we've been dealing with it actually since October, and uh, like I say, hopefully in March I'll go in and uh, they're going to collect my own cells and then freeze them and I'll get my own back, which is better than if I had to find a donor because I don't have to worry about, you know, rejecting mm-hmm. the cells and everything. So this is the best way possible and we'll we'll hope it takes care of the problem. Yeah, be in remission in five, six months, hopefully. Well, we'll hope so. Yeah. And the what's crazy about it is uh, Susan Stagg-Williams, who's a professor here in our uh, she works as a faculty athletics rep for the athletic department, actually has the exact same cancer. So I was able to connect with her and grab coffee and talk to her about it and connect you two. And you two have kind of been communicating, and hopefully you'll be able to meet her tomorrow at the game. Yep, we're uh, hoping to meet her. She's been uh, some great support and great source yeah, of knowledge. She's amazing. Um, so it's been wonderful. She, you know, she told me, call whenever you want, and we – we text and we've talked on the phone several times. And like I say, I'm looking forward to meeting her this weekend while I'm down here. There's, you know, a couple other people, uh, Brian Haney. Yeah, he's um, going to give us a tour after the Coach game. Didwell, Coach Tidwell. You know, some other great. ones that have reached out with support from down here. It's always nice when people and, you know, some of these people are supporting me because of Derek and because of what they think of Derek. And so that makes you proud that they would even care. Yeah, absolutely. So, and tomorrow's going to be your first Allen Fieldhouse experience. Yeah, um, I also wear brain. hearing aids, so I've tried to avoid it. <laughs> <laughs> but tomorrow I'm going to uh, leave my it. hearing aids home, and if any of you guys hear this before then and see the guy with a mask on at the game, that'll be me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no shame in that. Um, I'm really excited for you to finally get the full experience, and Oklahoma's coming to town. It's going to be a great environment. Um not entirely sure where your seats are, but hopefully they set you up good. We might have to get you some earplugs. That might be the move. Well, we'll definitely have the hearing aids out, so that'll yeah. tone it down a little bit. So we'll be fine. For sure. Just what as long as they give us a victory. Yeah, I'm sure they will. They've been pretty hot as of late. Yeah, I'd like to comment on Coach Self right now. I know he just won his 700th game a couple of games ago. I think this is his first home game since then. Yeah, it will be. First home game since his new granddaughter was born. So, Coach, if you listen to this one, congratulations. Yeah, that's big time for him. He's a, he's an absolute legend and 
we'll have to hang something in the rafters for coach someday. Yep, I think so. I think he's done a lot for this school and uh, needs to be appreciated. Absolutely. Uh, do you, I mean, you, you watch pretty much every Jayhawk game. You're a Jayhawk fan now. You feel like this team's got the, the firepower to win a championship? I, I think they do. I think Doak is so much more athletic this year. Not to say that he wasn't good before, but his shot blocking and defense that he's playing, um, looking really good this year. Um, Dodson's looking great as a guard. The, the support players are looking good. I think Brown came in and had the one big game and like to see him shoot a little more. We still could use a little more outside shooting. Mm-hmm. Garrett's fantastic on defense. Fun to watch him. My wife and I pretty much don't miss a KU game or a Wisconsin game. Yeah, that's the good life right there. There you go. That's <laughs> what happens when you retire. You get to <laughs> pick and choose your sports events. You've earned it. Uh, well, why don't we finish up with a little fast money? Um, I don't have any questions prepared, but I'll just off the top of my head think of something and let me know what, what comes to mind for you. Uh, so to start, who is your favorite author? Um, Grisham, John Grisham. If you could have just one drink for the rest of your life, and I'm talking an adult beverage, well, which would you go with? Was this only one drink or one drink that I can have more than once? You can. <laughs> this is a reoccurring drink for sure. It would probably be a Tito's Martini. There it is. <laughs> and who introduced you to Tito's? Uh, I think my son did that. <laughs> um, what is your favorite meal? Um, probably Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. We, you know, at the most maybe had turkey twice a year for some reason when I was growing up. But uh, turkey and dressing, the whole thing with uh, mashed potatoes, scallop corn, that would probably be my favorite meal. Nice. Do you have a favorite vacation? Uh, well, we went to Alaska. Yeah. And Alaska was gorgeous. And we were up there for two weeks. We flew into Anchorage, took a bus, and toured around the state for a week, and then took a cruise down the coast, came back down to Vancouver and that. Um, that was a great vacation. So that would probably be my favorite vacation ever. Those pictures were incredible. Hopefully we get a vacation in sometime soon that can top that one, though. Well, we're going to go to spring training. Yeah, we got to do that. And Mount Zion and some other things out west. Yep. Yeah, we got we got some things to do yet. Yes, we do. Uh, do you have a favorite concert that you've been to? Uh, I haven't been any recently, so I would have to go back. Actually... Uh, here you go with my memory back to high school and college age. Gary Puckett and the Union Gap okay. was a good concert. Um, Dolly Parton did a good concert. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd love to see Garth Brooks in concert. I would, too. I hear he does a really great job. So those those would be, you know, some of the ones. The worst one I ever went to was the Beach Boys. For some reason, they did about four or five songs and left. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, we were down in Tampa, Florida for that one and Sheesh. that was a big disappointment. So Yeah. Wow. Well, uh how about just to wrap things up, do you have any final words of wisdom heading into your seven heading into seventy, last day of being sixty nine or so? I guess I'd tell all you people to enjoy it while you can because you have to, you know, you're slowing down. I'm, I'm not on the big golf course much anymore. I'm playing on a par three course and 
because you can't hit the ball as far as you used to. Mm-hmm. Still like going out and playing the bigger course once in a while, oh, but yeah. it's kind of frustrating when you take a nice full swing and you're lucky if the ball goes 200 yards. <laughs> yeah. So enjoy yourself while you can, because at some point your body will slow you down and won't let you do what you could. So. For sure. And so take care of your body right now and do yep. what you have to to there preserve it. Yeah. Well, hey, Dad, I appreciate you very much. Uh, everything you've done for me, always constantly supporting me, and uh, you and Mom are the best. So love you, appreciate you, and Hopefully we can do this again in a year and reflect on how you've overcome some big obstacles. He just wants to see how much older I'm going to feel in another year. But <laughs> <laughs> he's been a wonderful son, so I love him too. So yeah. makes us proud. Mom right. and I are proud of him. Appreciate that. And appreciate all you who take the time to listen to this. Uh, with that said, we're out. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.